Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 67. Um, on my end, today is a great day. Um, I'm feeling very creative and very motivated and working on lots of new projects. But, you know, in this quarantine time, I find it really changes from day to day. Um, so if you're feeling that way, um, it's okay. And, you know, you can just do creative stuff when it feels like it's going to make you feel great. And just binged some great TV when you're not feeling like that. Um, I don't really have any news. Um, yeah, gosh, there's just truly nothing. Uh, so I'll get right into it. My guest for today um, is someone that I just met during our interview and I just liked her right away um, and, and right away just felt like she was kind of like, you know, like someone who might be in my family in a good way. Um, and her name is Marianne Seal, and she owns the floral business here in Utah, Bushel and a Peck, which is such a great name. And we'll talk about the origin of the name in the interview. And I guess I'll just read you Marianne's bio right now. Marianne's love for flowers and design began as a child. She grew up picking every bloom in her neighborhood to bring home to her mother. Marianne has been designing professionally for over 19 years. She's worked for several flower shops and wholesalers, finished her interior design degree from Utah State in 2006, and has worked for both residential and commercial design firms. When she's not designing, she's taking care of her three young children who she loves dearly. She also enjoys running, painting, dancing, traveling, hiking, water skiing, and sitting on a beautiful beach with the sand between her toes. There's nothing better than seeing the look on a bride's face, face after perfectly putting her dreams together for her big day. It's such a magical moment that drives Marianne to keep doing what she loves. Um, yeah, this was a short and sweet one, and here comes Marianne. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary, and sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by Goldilocks Wraps. Goldilocks Wraps are an all-natural and eco-friendly alternative to plastic wrap. These reusable beeswax food wraps are made by hand using locally sourced beeswax. And not only are they easy to clean, they keep your food fresh for longer. Goldilocks Wraps combat single-use plastics with something that is both practical and beautiful. Especially in quarantine, I've been trying to buy produce in bulk and cook in a way that leaves leftovers for the following day. Goldilocks wraps have come in super handy as I'm covering up tomorrow's portion of my lovely home-cooked meals and wrapping up produce to use for future recipes later in the week. It should come as no surprise to anyone that I chose the pink floral set, and I love them all so much. They're so pretty, and it feels great to know I'm supporting a healthier planet in this simple way. Head to GoldilocksWraps.com and enter promo code ARTIFICE10, that's all caps, A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E-1-0, for 10% off your purchase today. Okay, 
what do you want to talk about before we like start start anything do you have just any- more about you i'd love to hear you started this just for the fun of it how long yeah. has it been going on so and- this this will be episode 67 your episode you um thanks i so i've been doing it like a little over a year so i just every week i mean every week i took two i skipped two weeks in december so i've been doing it like two more weeks than however many episodes there have been um and yeah so i am a professional musician i grew up in arizona and then i went to college in texas and then i moved here because my husband was starting a phd at the u and by the time awesome. he finished his PhD, I was like, I cannot start over no. in a new place again. <laughs> We're staying. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know how it is as like a self-employed kind of a person. Oh, it's hard. Like you completely start over. Starting a business from yeah. scratch. Like, it's rough. Ugh. Yeah. I was like, I don't have the, I don't have the energy no. to move to a new place. <laughs> so do you have family here or not? Then I don't. You don't. Um, They're in Arizona? Yeah. What part? We lived there for a Mesa. while. Mesa. Mm-hmm. I went to Mountain View High School. I know exactly where you are. How old, do you, how old are you? I'm 32. Okay. I probably actually lived there at the same time as you and helped you with your dance flowers. Did you oh. get your dance flowers at a place called Roses Galore? It's yeah. right off of McKellips yes. and Lindsay. Totally. Yeah. I oh worked there gosh, for like so three years crazy. when my husband was going to grad school. I haven't lived there in 15 <laughs> years. So oh, I... Well, maybe, but I mean, we were there 2000... Yeah, I graduated in 2006. Okay, we were there for 2007 or 8. But was Roses Galore there yeah. before you were there? Yes. So I, you probably still it, went Right to off McKellips, for yeah, sure. right off McKellips. Yeah. Yeah. And it took me a second. Like, I can picture where it is. It's like... Uh-huh. In that on, little corner? Yeah. yeah. In the mm-hmm. corner. <laughs> That's so crazy. I think there's a Sonic in that same Small parking lot. Small world. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy world. It is world. so foggy. I can... I mean, I, I don't have a great relationship with my parents, so I'd never right. go... I never go back. So I've only been in the last 15 years. I've probably been to Arizona only like probably, probably like 15 times. Right. So like once a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or like twice a year, a couple times and then not for, for a while, a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's so foggy. Like when I go home, when I go back, um, if I ever go back, I, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I can't, it's, it's very, I don't remember anything. Well, um, I feel like it grows every year. We have a, so our best different. friend still lives there. And every time we go, it's like, and this new shopping area has popped up and this new neighborhood has popped or up. Or like an entire new city, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all of the like Santan stuff. Oh yeah. That's I'm way like, out there. This it's was crazy. just nothing uh-huh. before. And now it's just, that's where the hot place to live is. Right. I know. Just right out all there. That, like, yeah. What do they call it? Like something agrotopia. Oh, really? That's, the, heard new, that that's term. the new, I think it's a city. I think there's a city down Agritopia? there called Agrotopia. What? Which is ironic for Arizona. Yes. Yeah. It's Nothing. not. No, it's the desert. It's Come not on, Agrotopia. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing grows there. So, cactus. Totally. Well, and cotton <laughs> and citrus. Uh-huh. Citrus. That is the thing I do miss the most. But it's still not Agrotopia. <laughs> the beautiful citrus smell in those mm-hmm. wintry to spring, early spring months. It's Absolutely. like, oh gosh. That, well, just in general, the winter and spring I know. is pretty it's good. It's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. So with this podcast, I know I like emailed you the prompts, but like basically I want to talk. It's don't worry about it. I it, probably read those a while ago. They're only, I only send them in case people like are preppers, but uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, w- luckily, you're an expert on yourself, which is <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah. So I want to talk to creative adults about how, like how you developed your creativity as a child, how you started turning that creativity into like professional skills, Mm -hmm. um, what it's like to be in a creative profession Mm -hmm. and then just like some stuff like art philosophy, maybe at the end. Great. I like it. So I always start with everybody and ask, what were you like as a creative child? Well, my first nickname as a child was Spaz, if that can be any kind of clue to a my personality. Busy, a busy little gal. I was full of energy, busy, always running, looking for new adventures, always dancing, always singing, always whatever. Um, and I feel like because I was that crazy child, I was the youngest of 12 children. Oh my gosh. So where did you grow up? In Salt Lake, okay. Murray area. Cool. Um, I feel like you kind of had to be this person in order to be heard, seen, yeah. and or paid attention to, right? Totally. So I felt like that boundary of never having a bubble, never having a, I don't know, inhibition maybe yeah. was ever really established. It was always like you get to be you and you get to be you proudly because That's you've got awesome. to be to be seen. Um, So with 12, with 11 older siblings, yeah, right? You're yeah. the youngest of 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. With 11 older siblings, were are any of them creatives as professionals? I got to think about that for a minute. Yeah. Got to go through a long list. <laughs> No, not really creatives as professionals. Okay. And then were any of them doing a lot of creative stuff as children? Yes. They were all of my sisters. So we have six girls and six boys in our family when we were young. And um, my mother was an artist in that she drew and she painted. Cool. And so we all kind of started that as young kids just because, again, youngest of 12 kids, you don't have a lot of income. Yeah. And so it doesn't cost much for a pencil and paper and yeah. and pens and all those things. So we all dabbled in a little bit of art that way in that medium. And then we all had a lot of energy. And so all of us girls danced. Um, yeah. And so I feel like for that part of my life, that was probably from age three to about up into my college years. Um, that was my main form Dance. of of okay. art. It was uh, artistic expression was okay. dance cool. and, and singing. We've got a lot of music in my family as well. No one really played guitar, but a lot of, um, just vocals. Okay, cool. So that stuff is a lot of that. It's one thing that I, that I really like about like our kind of like, you know, whether or not you are LDS, like right. the culture in these places in Mesa, Arizona certainly oh, is yeah. and here. the same. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's such, there's such a culture of singing Mm-hmm. and like piano playing mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel like and also like public speaking even you know I think it's like a second it, nature it really it really um it sets kind of for lack of a better phrase it like sets the stage for people to like have performing skills I think right um which I which I I don't know I think we have a higher we have a higher percentage of like um, people who are comfortable, mm-hmm. like and have confidence. Yeah, yeah. We we kind of build it into these it's, kids. It's I built feel in like the culture. Continue totally. to grow. Totally. And they give them the opportunity to try anything and everything. And if you're good at it, I feel like Utah is one of those places that if you find your niche, there's extremely talented people to help you refine that yeah. talent and push you true. in that talent. 
So when I'm talking with a lot of my guests about their childhood, a lot of what I'm interested in is things like, how did you know you were creative? Like, did you have to, um, did you have to advocate for like your own creative? Um, like, did you have to be like, Hey mom, can I have paints? So like you certainly didn't have I that. I think they were just here. They were around they were there. And then I saw my older sisters dancing and right. you know, you kind of just felt that within inside of you and said, Oh, this, this moves me yeah. in a way. And I want to do that. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like with so many older siblings, I can't imagine that you had to like, that you had to be, um, in a kind of situation where you're like the first creative. No. Mm -mm. So then I'm maybe more curious with you about like, um, was there ever a point where you kind of felt like the creative stuff you were doing felt like you were building your own relationship with it versus kind of like, this is what we do. And it's okay. If not, I just, I'm just trying to think. I honestly, I think it was just, within me from the beginning. I mean, I saw it and I loved it and I wanted to do it. Do you remember and like so, what that felt like? Or like, I think I'm trying to get an idea of, so like I was saying, when I'm talking with like a lot of my guests who are like an only child, maybe it really is like a thing where they have to go like, I'm different, you know? Really? And when you're like, I didn't have that experience really uh -uh. because, you know, it was like, you're going to go in lessons. Like it's just, right. it wasn't a question. Um, but I think, I think I'm wondering if like, if you ever had kind of a thought of like, I think I'm, there's something unique about how I'm relating to these creative things. Hmm. Cause you're the only one of your siblings who's like Stay a professional. Here, yeah. Right? So it makes me think there's like something, but something there. Yeah. Um, I think I just saw that it was good at it and it just yeah. really fed that inner need to, to feel fulfilled or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the very first time I asked for dance lessons is I saw my older sister that's just two years older than me go to some workshop in the summer and I was jealous and it was yeah. like, mom, <laughs> I need to do that too. And yeah. so she put me in and I noticed that I, I picked up on things like that quickly. Really fast. I, I did. I just, yeah. I would see it and it would stick in my brain and I would be able to do it. Um, where I see now with my own children, I've given them the opportunity. I have two girls um, to try dance, yeah, and they love it, and the, they think it's fun, yeah. But there's it's no not natural that, like, ability passion. or no yeah. passion at it. I mean, they they enjoy being with friends, they enjoy being creative, yeah. but it's not driven just to be better. Like I th I remember distinctly seeing things that when my sisters would do, and I would do them over and over and over yeah. again because I wanted to Isn't do what that they crazy? did. I I feel like I'm an educator. I teach. You saw one of my little yeah. gals leaving. Yes. Um, we just started doing a couple of in-person lessons again, which is... Cute. Yes. I Hallelujah. was missing it yes. so much. I was doing just Zoom and it was hard. Yeah. Um, and I'm still doing that with some of my students, but a few are starting to come, which is like... Hallelujah. Right? It's like feeding my soul. Yes, exactly. Um, That's exactly what it is. It just yeah. feeds your soul, you know, and... Totally. Well, I was going to ask, like, or, or I was going to say, you know shocks me as an adult to see how rare it is that a young person like has that kind of like sees like just how you described it like sees something that's possible and goes like Driven. I want to be able to do that yeah it's really really rare I um, see that as well I yeah. don't know what the trend is in these children that are growing up in this new era I don't know that it's that as much as it's just like there's something about I think there must be something kind of inherent in the 
in that creative soul. Yeah. Drives you to do I mean, that. Surely all your peers when you were a kid weren't like as driven. Maybe or not. all the siblings or, no, you know, I, I think it's something, I don't know what, but I think right. it's something that's kind of, there's there. some characteristic. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, and all I was going to tell you as well, besides dance, I think even remember on the whole flower side, since that's my business, Yeah, I would walk through my neighborhood, ride my bikes, and I would stop at anything that was beautiful wow, in you nature. Had like an I would just right from the beginning. Stop pick whoever's flowers that were there yeah. terribly, bring them home, make something for my mom or oh. press them in a book, make yeah. a bookmark. You know, I think we all did that as children, but it was something that I still vividly remember the shapes and the colors of things that yeah. I would put together way back, way back when. Do you have any, I like, I want so badly to like get snapshots of like what a little creative mind was like, you know, like what are, what, this adult that I'm talking to, like what that mind was like as a child. Do you remember like what it was that like you were drawn to? Like, can you describe like the feeling? Um, I think it was just inspiration in general. You just saw something beautiful and then it like made you feel something different in your heart and you yeah. wanted to capture that and keep that Yeah, and do whatever you could to make that, um, be a part of you. Totally. Um, did you have a sense as a little kid that like that was a little bit unique to you? I don't think I was. I had no of, awareness of that until I just much think later. I was clueless. I thought of, all kids were just, like that, right? <laughs> yeah. I just brought it home, and yeah, I, mean, I knew that I was kind of the strange one in school. I was teased in elementary school. Why? I was the youngest of 12 children. Yeah, yeah. that's enough. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, I wore a lot of hand me downs and. I, you know, it just was a large family and, and I wasn't, you know, really one that stressed about being popular yeah. or doing the popular thing yeah. or trying to fit in with the popular crowd. But the, the funny thing was, is my, my best friend th- through elementary school was probably the most popular girl in school, but in school we didn't really have a relationship. Yeah. Interesting. But after school we would get together and, and we would be ourselves. And I think that's what she liked about me mm. is that she could be herself and I wouldn't judge her and I would love her the way she was. Yeah, and you you were kind of just a f- you were just, just a free. genuine yeah. free spirit, and that's I think that it's stayed with me my whole life. So <laughs> freaking valuable as an adult, but when you're a kid, like it's that rough, can be right? really really rough. I, I'm in the middle of teaching my own kids about that as well. They yeah. again, they're all three just free spirits. Yeah. Just they they it's really such are a gift ultimately, and but it's but hard, it's hard it's right hard now because they're not fitting in and they're not connecting with these friends very well and it's just like it's it's gonna be okay yeah when you find your you'll, other you'll find it odd people and your other mm-hmm. you know island of misfit toys yeah you'll be fine and yeah. you'll love one another and you'll really understand that you know that yeah. connection is all that matters and it doesn't matter who it's with well i was gonna ask about this later but we're kind of here so we'll Sorry. just we'll talk no it's fine <laughs> um one of the things that i like to talk about with my guests is you know i have a belief that when you are a creative adult, your your skill set, your creative medium is just a piece. But like the thing that really is valuable is just kind of that like creative thinking, like creative mm-hmm. framing of the world. And I love to talk with people about um, the ways that we think creatively about like our life, like our place in our life. And I think that's such a perfect example, like, you know, teaching your children to like think creatively about what 
your identity will mean to you and like Mm -hmm. the ways that you'll have like friendships that are meaningful that might be just like a little different from Mm -hmm. like some of of the things that you see or that you sense are like expected of you or something it's like creativity outside of a medium right you know right and just super into to think outside the box and be okay with who they are and yeah thinking creatively about like who am I and like where do the things that make me me like fit in right. the, in my world right. um it's like it's problem solving ultimately totally. i think totally. and, well, yeah going now to back to the profession i say this all the time whenever i'm interning with people and helping others find their way and and just getting getting into this business i tell them it's 90% of our job is creative problem solving definitely 90% yes amen Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People talk about like inspiration and it's definitely a thing, but so much of it is just like having the ability to see multiple branches and Mm -hmm. like to just quickly like Mm -hmm. think about what will work. Um, Did your parents and siblings um, like reflect to you that you were creative or was it kind of just like? Um, I'm not sure my parents as much because I mean, my dad was not really in the home much. He was just he's, working. He's working a lot, yeah. Um, and my mom, same kind of thing. She was running us around. And I mean, we still had all the love and care we needed, but she just, you know, busy. 12 children. 12 kids. She's cooking and they're running sure. somebody to soccer or to yeah. wherever. Um, so actually, I the biggest influence I had in my life was one of my older sisters. She's about, I think, 15 years older than me. Her name's Lisa. Aww. And she was probably the most creative um, out of all the rest of the siblings that I have. Yeah. Um, she ended up being a school teacher wow. for about uh, maybe 13 years. She's a, She actually passed when she was 34, so I, I can sorry. tell you about it. it. It's all good. But she, I feel like really molded me. I, I saw her as a beautiful dancer. I saw her as a singer and a, and a creative and a teacher and a caregiver. And, um, she was really into musical theater. And I remember driving around in her car as an eight year old child. Yeah. And she had just done a tour, a dance tour in London with, with the group she was in, in college. And was she, she was, in like the young ambassadors? Um, I don't want to be like you, but she yeah, was at, something else. She was at Utah State. Okay, so she a was traveling group, traveling group, and just had come home and had seen Les Mis and Phantom and yeah. Miss Saigon, and this was way back when, when there only was cassette tapes. So right. she got out the little pamphlet book that you get from, yeah. you know, the Broadway show, uh-huh. and then she would pop in the tape playbill, yeah, yeah, in, in the car, and she knew that she could share this with me and everyone else I'm sure was kind of like, whatever I'm going to listen to. But yeah. for me, I would just speed on every wow. word she said. That's amazing. And I learned these stories as, you know, as an eight year old child and this music became part of me. And this, I think that sparked another aspect of creativity yeah. was from those hours of driving around with her in the car and listening. That's really and, precious. And getting to know this music. So I think that sister of all of them, that kind of was another mother to me. Yeah. Um, really showed me how yeah. creative and how much love and how yeah. much it fed your soul. Totally. For sure. I have a sister who's 13 years younger than me. And like, she just, <laughs> she just, um, she just got a mission call last oh week. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I have, I feel like, I feel like just hearing you talk about that is making me like have feelings too. Right. Um, but no, that's why I'm glad you said that. Cause that's why I asked, um, you know, my podcast is called artifice. 
um, because it's a cool word, but also because I think our art professions are misunderstood. Right. Um, and there are things that like we wouldn't know. Um, and I like to talk to creatives about like, what's the backstory. And I think so much of, um, what's interesting about this conversation to me, I don't mean this conversation, but like the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is like how we identify as creatives, like how being creative and how art and how creativity like is an important part of our identity. And I think a lot of times that begins with like the older people in our lives that first kind of like make us feel like we're creative. Yeah. That recognize that little bit of something. See that little spark. And feed it. Totally. Which is why I wanted to ask, you know, so you had your sister, Mm -hmm. Lisa, and what about teachers? So, you know, your teachers weren't seeing all of your siblings, maybe. So I'm trying to think if there was a teacher that was super influential or even just even just maybe if there's not one, but I maybe more I'm asking, like, do you remember or recall your teachers being like, Marianne, you're such a good dancer. Like, like, did you what was that reflected by other adults so. well Mostly. I think as I got older into junior high and high school okay. and I got recognitions for different things whether it was choir or drama or um and dance and things like that but I was always a, I mean I was always a good student I think my okay. brain as a creative brain also caught on just to things really well and so school was something that was always you could just you easy could, you for could me. figure it out just, how it was gonna yeah, work it for just you. worked well and yeah, grades like never too. were something that I ever had to worry about. I'm fully aware that like plenty of people really have a hard time with like school because of the way their brain works. But I really relate to what you're saying. Like, I think it like the same part of my brain that I know like is creative. Yes. Is the thing that I could feel working. Oh yeah. Like in my problem solving at school. In all of the things. Yes. Because you can see different ways to to figure figure it out out. and you just, it just clicks. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's another thing that I love about this podcast and interviewing different people because I'll talk to some artists who are like, I could, I was terrible at school. You know, it's just such, it's such a beautiful evidence that like there are so many ways to yeah. be creative. If you're freezing, this blanket, oh, I'm is, okay. this blanket is here for you. Thank you. Um, I really am okay. Okay. I know, good. I know. I'm always hot. Actually, small anecdote. When coronavirus started, my husband, who's a scientist, mm-hmm. um, bought like a infrared thermometer uh-huh. and took got a habit of like taking our temperatures in the morning and at night so he would have like establish a baseline for like what's our standard deviation <laughs> and what we determined what we discovered is that i'm a degree hotter than him oh really yeah that's really i'm interesting. defying the gender stereotype yeah because usually my and husband's I'm, always hotter I'm than always me. hot I'm hot all the time. So I always that get Arizona blood. I guess. I don't know. I but I always get nervous that my guests are freezing because like Oh, it feels actually really good. Okay, good. Cause I'm usually fine, but but yeah. then I'm not normal. So <laughs> I'm I'm I recognize hot. that. I'm a hot lady. It's <laughs> I am true. Always hot. Hot all the time. Cute. Um yeah, but it's actually I like you I prefer Utah to Arizona for I this know. reason. It's true. Because at least a lot of the year it's I'm, not the surface of the sun, right? Arizona is too hot. It's just and I bad. went to school in Texas, which is also yes. too hot yes. and humid. And humid. Anyway, I got very so, distracted. Yeah, so um, it's all good. What were we talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, having adults like reflect. Oh, yes. we were talking about applying your creative mind to yeah, school. To okay. School. Yep. Yep. So, I want to quickly get into like middle school time, which is usually when we start getting oh. more serious. But but before yeah. that, just one more little question. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
Is there anything else that you remember or think is significant about like your the development of your creative brain in your childhood? Like anything else that you were doing or trying? Or um, I think, I mean, I guess you're going to get all the deep, dark secrets, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> this is my goal. Uh, my older sister that's two years older than me um, had an aneurysm when she was 10 and I was eight. So that same time. Oh my gosh. And so I had some trauma as a kid, yeah. right? And I feel like, again, that creative outlet for me soothed my that soul because that, mm-hmm. that sister was in the hospital for... 10 months and my life as, as I knew, I kind of grew up at that point in my life. Oh, terrifying. Um, yeah. And she had, you know, she was in a coma for three months and had to learn and to redo just everything. Just older than you. Like just older than me was my best little yeah. buddy. You know, we piled around, did all the things together. And yeah. I was the one that called nine one one the morning she oh collapsed and the helicopter came to her house and picked yeah, her up. And you know, it was growing up, it was some growing up. And then, you know, then after that, my mom had to work and I had to, come home with her on the bus and take care of her after school. And, and you're you know, the youngest. And I'm so, the youngest. So because oh a lot of the kids were out of the house by then because, yeah. you know, there's a 20-year span. But I feel like during that time, I still had dance and I still had that time with my sister driving around her car with this music. Yeah. And I had... Um, I had a little choir group that I was part of. Just yeah. And every time you would go and do those things, it just soothed that part of your soul, mm-hmm. fed it and soothed it and knew that you were being you and not overlooked and yeah, not have to be the grown up. You could just feel yeah. completed. So your relationship with art from a super young age was really deep and yeah. meaningful. I have a similar, like not, not the same experience, but similar in the sense of like tr- trauma. Right. Um, I have my, I mentioned before that I have a bad relationship with my parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, she died a couple of years ago, but she was like a Sorry. narcissist. Yeah. Like a bad yep. one. <laughs> you get it? I get it. I have had a couple. You have had experiences in, yes, with some of those? a couple influences with, yeah. with narcissists or it's run-ins or It's rough stuff and it's really sneaky, but, yeah. um, but I was kind of like had a scapegoat role in my family. Yeah. Um, I'm the oldest, but um, but yeah, from a really young age, had had a, a difficult time at home and like difficult is a bit of an understatement, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, and my, the time that I was in my lessons and the time that I was in my dance classes and the time that I was drawing and coloring and writing poems and reading books, mm-hmm. um, it was the time that felt good. Yes. And exactly. was the thing that kind of, yeah. That propelled you forward. And how and do you say, stop doing okay. that stuff you don't, when it's the thing it's that. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, what is that? Your drug, right? Your addiction. Yeah, it's, 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 it's what's feeding you. Mm-hmm. And that's what's actually, I mean, sneak peek to the future. That's what's continued to drive me. My first babies were twins and I was a creative spontaneous person that just did anything I needed to do at any uh, spontaneous moment to fulfill whatever that creative need was. Yeah. And then I was locked in these four little walls with these little babies and I had to be like, okay, is it time to eat? Is it time to sleep you? Is it time to like, how, how do I survive? Right. I have to stick to the schedule, which I've never been a scheduled person, but then, and I was doing flowers before that. And I kind of took a break during that, that year. And I just felt myself slipping away. Yeah. And I said, I have to do something. Yeah. I have to do something to feel like me. Yeah. And I knew that that at that point in time, flowers were going to be the medium, the medium at that time. And I slowly, after I started moving up the ladder of getting more and more business, I felt more and more me again. That's amazing. (laughs) 
I love it. I love <laughs> I love talking to creative people. It's so hopeful, I think. That's like good. I I don't know. I just think like I feel really passionately about like creativity as something that everybody should oh, yeah. do, whether it's a me- like I said whether whether it's a medium or whether it's just thinking creatively Mm -hmm. or consuming in a creative way, you know, consuming in like an exploratory kind of way, being curious. Um, And so, you know, that's why I'm, that's why it's a subject that I like, I'm so lit up about. Um, So normally I find that when people are in like middle school and high school, that's when the adults in your life start expecting you to like really work on your creative skills. Um, So what were, like how did your um creative like skill development change like in your teens no oh, just high, what were you doing i think um i was still doing music that was when i started choirs Singing, at school yeah. okay did you ever still doing, play oh, piano no okay I was terrible at that. I mean, I, you I maybe, sounded like you did a lot of stuff. No, so. I, I, the piano was one thing I did not master at all. I mean, there was, I was doing musical theater. I was doing, um, like, just community plays and Broadway okay. show, you know, shows at that time. Um, and I could probably go and look at my part and like, okay, let me just point yeah. this out. That's, right. that's about it. That's yeah. the extent you of my knew, piano. You knew enough to kind of teach yourself yes. the songs you the needed songs to sing. The songs I needed to sing. Cool. Totally. And dance. And dance was, and dance at that point kind of kind of went up and down as far as like which area of dance did I want to refine so up to like sixth grade I was just in a little community class in my friend's mom's basement you know from yeah till about sixth grade and we did tap jazz and ballet and at that point you know you kind of graduated from her studio and you had to find the next thing of what you wanted so I moved from her studio to um, a place called the ballet center in Murray and I did strictly just ballet for the next two years and, and started with point and, and did all that. And I was strong. And again, I caught on at things, yeah. but I was never a small person. You wouldn't look at me and go, you're a ballerina. I had a similar my, experience. Right. And my, and my Russian <laughs> ballet teacher hated me because I was oh, strong man. and I was good, but I did not look the part. I would had the same experience. That's just hard. Right. And it's really hard. It was, it was hard. And he would just all the time, you know, you should only have toast and water and you should just... Oh. Work on your body. And at that point in time, I don't know what turned me off to it, but I was just like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right to me. This doesn't feel right. And I knew, I think I that was it. eighth grade. And I said, Mom, I'm done with ballet. I stopped ballet in eighth and grade. And I met too. a good friend. Yes, I met a good friend in eighth grade. Her name was Eden. And she did um, contemporary modern lyrical. Cool. And it was all free yeah. movement. Oh my God. And gosh. I was like, that. That's so cool. I just That's stopped what I dance. Want. I didn't ever. You have. did. I just. I just moved. Well, I just moved to another studio called the Creative Classroom, yeah. and I said, "Yes, this is me. This yeah. is." And I think we did a little bit of hip hop too in there, but yeah, cool. It was mostly lyrical. Where it's and contemporary. about movement and like, yes, just as long as you're kind of like in charge of your body that's the goal yes i'm so moved by dance like that um yeah i i did ballet also like all the way up from a little child to like eighth grade eight yeah i think i stopped at the beginning like toward the beginning Mm -hmm. i was like just almost 14 but uh yeah i had the same experience i had really good rhythm Mm -hmm. which like i'm a jazz Mm -hmm. musician so we know that the root of that was in there mm -hmm. but i had good rhythm but i was not graceful and I wasn't thin. Um, I was like, I was not super graceful and I wasn't thin. And my teacher was really hard on me about right. it. 
right? it's so it's so, it's so yucky. Like, really? Yeah. Like, really? I and hope I, you've grown I didn't up have another that. opportunity. Like there wasn't another school or like right. I don't know. So I just stopped. But I do remember the first time that I watched like teenage girls do the kind of dance that isn't ballet mm-hmm. and that and like saw different bodies like moving with strength and confidence. Yeah. It, like it continues to like move me so much. Right. And I think I think that's exactly it. I mean, I saw her doing this and I said, I want to come join you. And then there were girls, all shapes and sizes and colors. Yeah. And it was like and they were all so sweet and so nice. And we all just kind of amazing became a little family, right? Yeah. And so it was your after school time to just yeah. let loose of the day and let loose of the the structure and let loose of the you know the math yeah. and the science and everything else that was and, and explore your like humanity in this kind of abstract way right or i guess it's not abstract it's but very mostly. like yeah. yeah it's i mean it's embodied yes totally um, that's cool and so were you you were you got like pretty serious about dance? Is that yeah. right? I mean, I just kind of I like... did all that through high school and, and college. I don't think after that. I mean, I knew it was going to be my first major. I thought was going to be musical dance theater. Cool. But after the f- first year, maybe halfway into the second year, I was like, "This isn't what right. am I going to do yeah. with this? How am I going to make any money? This is not going to work." <laughs> Yeah, that's a conversation <laughs> I have with most of my guests. Um, yeah, so but you were serious about it. I was it was serious like about it. Where you, were, you know you were like half approaching of my, a professional level. Yeah, a half of my um, schedule at school was either dance or music. Yeah, and theater. So what was going on with singing? Like, was it was it mostly dance? Were it, you like dancing? It was to all sing the above. Or? And okay. honestly, I mean, I did voice lessons through high school. Um, wow, and I did um, again still community theater. And I did musicals at high school and I did um, the dance company there at high school as well. So I was busy just all the above. Doing so much. Is there anything you want to say about um, like how singing in particular informed your like artistic, artistic development or like what it, you know, you it sound you do so many mediums. I think it's we I talked think the about singing was more for me. I, I have a best friend that does jazz as well, and it's cool. it's totally different from musical theater type I, style. I right? did a lot of musical theater in my day, so right. I, I'll understand so, the conversation. <laughs> I feel like musical theater was more expressive to me, yeah. in that you know, you're it's it was an, an acting a different role, and I yeah. feel like the music where I since I fell in love with that at the eight like age eight year old age. Um, was kind of an escape, right? And that kind of mm. expressed emotions that you couldn't really speak or expressed Definitely. emotions that you couldn't yeah. really say or, you know, I don't even know. That's 100% what that it was for me too. music just kind of lets it out in a way that you can't have any yeah, other way to do it. It's like you, you have permission to do it because it's not you. It's not you. Yeah, yes. Totally. And you're taking on this different character and it's, you know, fulfilling in that way that you can just... 100% be creative in that character, but also be you in a different way. Yeah. 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 And you, you get to say things that you maybe wouldn't be allowed to say or wouldn't be believed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, wouldn't be taken seriously, but when you're, when you're singing a song that's written for a character, you can kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's really important. I, I mean, I get that. I understand (laughs) that. I know that well. I would say that Denver was like amazing singer. That wasn't my strong point. I think dancing was always better than singing for me, but it was still something I really enjoyed and that I could still do. I just don't think I was as confident at it. 
Like, yeah. It's not something I would just go and say, let's go sing a tune it in front of It was something that was like, it, just, it was giving you, it was yes, giving a little, you something. Yes, a little more inner fulfillment. Um, did you have to learn any skills during your teens about like creative resilience or like dealing with criticism? Oh, yeah. Plenty For of that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, every time you go for an audition, right? Yeah. For any of this musical. Th- it's so weird though, because some people don't. Like I, I'm shocked when I, you know, like I said, the more that I do this podcast, yeah. the more that I talk with people that I'm like, what? Like people will give me answers that I'm like, are you serious? How like you just miraculously how? go through life and without any trial? And some people just have, or th- <laughs> it just doesn't affect, you know, they're just, they're, I think it's just a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, like, yeah, it bummed me out, but what what about it? You know? Right. I think it when it did bum me out, it would be more of a, well, that was disappointing. How can I try harder to be better? Yeah. How can I it was problem I turn this? Yes. So you're learning, yeah, it really is like just resilience. Yeah. Like and yeah, kind of like, well, that was a lesson. Yeah. What's the next thing we do? I mean, don't get me wrong, I still remember I think the first year I tried out for the dance company, it was really political. Yeah. And I didn't make it that first year. And I was really sad and I was really mad. And I remember having a whole day probably crying in my bed. But that's the thing that's <sighs> hard for me too. Like I don't mind when someone rejects my creative offerings because it just doesn't speak to them. Like that right. never bothers me. It's when it's nonsensical. Like yes. when there's like, that's the stuff yes. about this profession that's like oh, yeah. soul crushing to me. Yeah. Um, the stuff that like, has nothing to do with the creativity it's itself. It's the politics yeah. yes. and the popularity. Yeah, totally. And that that's what that first year of dance was. The teacher sucking. didn't like me for some reason. And she just had it out for me. I was teaching the choreography to the other girls in the in the room. And everybody else made it except for me. And it was just Teachers get terrible. competitive with students sometimes. Yeah. It's really common. It shouldn't be. No. But, I mean, I think it happens when people don't learn to have that kind of like self-compassion. Like they were treated that way. And then it's like, they feel like they need to like, right. Um, they don't have kind of the emotional maturity to like stop it. (laughs) Right. To to stop that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's really common. Um, and you know, I do think it's important to acknowledge that stuff because plenty of people, I talk about this on the podcast all the time, but I, I get obsessed with like, the thought of how many creatives we lose during yeah, those years. Totally. That how just many get scared away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hearing people talk about how they managed to maintain creativity, I think is important. So yeah. I'm hearing from you. I think we're similar. I'm getting this, yeah. I'm getting this totally. idea. This vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, that like, it's just like, there's no question of whether yeah. you're going to keep going. Yeah. It's like, this hurts and it sucks, but, Oh, well, what choice do I have to keep going? Because this is my favorite thing. Yeah. And this is my addiction. Yeah. And (laughs) and therefore. okay. so what's going on with flowers? Flowers didn't take a role till after high school, except that you love them. I mean, I loved them. Um, Actually, at this time in my life, about was it probably ninth grade? Eighth, ninth grade, that same sister, Lisa, she built a home. This is going to come another another medium. It's going to be thrown at you that you may have not known. I'm so ready. Um. And she started building a home and I loved going around with her to all the different places, yeah. picking out the tile, Design. picking out the carpet, throwing yeah. her floor plan out and be like, well, what if we move the kitchen this way? Or what if we move your room around wow. this way? And I was like, 
this, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And we, and we built this house with her cause I palled around with this person yeah. after school. That's really cool that she like just respected you as like a child yeah. in that way. As That's really cool. You know, she, she knew I was creative and I don't yeah. know if it was within my, I think it was something within me, but also it, I, Oh, like I said, my whole she saw personality it. that yeah. just, she cultured that fire and blew That's on so it and she amazing. just made that grow. Um, and so I helped her build that home and I knew that, you know, that was something I really enjoyed. Um, and so enter into my college years, I had that in the back of my mind. I'm going, okay, maybe that's something I could explore. Like design, like interior design or like architecture or both or. Well, kind of, that's what my degree's in. Architecture? It's architectural interior design. So it. It didn't start till my second year of college. Cool. I went in, remember, I had that musical dance theater yeah. thing. I mean, the first year I went to BYU Hawaii. So I studied the beach, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sun. Awesome. I had the wrinkles to prove it. So, and then the second year I was at um, Southern Utah University. And that's when I started more of my musical, musical dance theater classes. I think after the first semester, I realized this isn't going to get me anywhere. Yeah. And they had a couple intro to, des- to design classes yeah. and I took them and I was like, yeah, this is this amazing. color theory thing. This is great. Speaking to me, you know, if, history of furniture and architecture. This yeah. is great. I love this. Um, and at that point at the end of the year, I kind of researched to, okay, where do I need to go? Cause the program I needed wasn't there. Mm. And so yet I changed another school, um, my junior year of high of college where and did- I went to Utah state. Okay, cool. So at Utah State, they have a, a design program, an interior design program there that you basically learn everything an architect does, um, but you don't get your license to take okay. all those tests and do that. So I you you know, basically, I understand but, yeah. I can make all of your drawings. I know CAD. I know um, Revit. I know all these different programs and software cool. to do all of these things. So I basically can design your home from the floor up and then also pick your details on your pillows Amazing. and put the art on your walls. Oh, um, that sounds like a dream. And so, you know, so I love it, that kind of it, stuff. It was too, great, but... but it was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever done. And really? we talk about how school was easy for me. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't good in that it was creative but it was so much work. I mean, I'm sure you've heard a lot of different artists. I mean, I've talked to people who've um, not mastered, I guess. What is it called? Majored in art and paint. I wasn't sure what you were trying to say. Right. Who who you decide to go and get a a bachelor's in painting or whatever it is. And it's so hard because those teachers just push you to the edge to just really become the best that you can be. Yeah. And the workload is intense. And, and, you know, I look at my siblings who talk about, well, we just studied, studied, studied and took a test. This was like, it's never, this ends. is your project yeah. and it's huge. This is all the requirements that you have to fulfill and you have to make sure that it remits all these, you know, ADA accessible requirements and yeah. all these codes and, you know, so you're doing technical research, but then you're also trying to be creative and then you have a tiny window to fill it. And so there was a lot of nights of not sleep. Yeah. Just the, and you you know, you have to compete to get into the program there. They only take about 20 students a year. Wow. So you do your first, you know, sophomore year of, you know, intro to design, color, lighting, yeah. um, history of architecture. And then you do your first, um, CAD classes and some of your art classes. And then you submit all of these first projects portfolio for a portfolio review and then they you know i think the year that i was trying out there was 60 something students wow and only 20 oh my gosh would make it in each year 
So it, I went to a it school was that intense, was like that too, right? Yeah, it just, was in, it was intense. It's so, such good training, but yeah, yeah. Hard. And I and I go back all the time. I tell my husband, I don't know which one was harder, design school or twins. Which one did I sleep less? <laughs> oh my design gosh. school or twins? I'm not sure. <laughs> They're both were really hard, but you wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. You know, you learned yeah. so much. And during that time, that's when flowers came in. Okay, pause, pause. Let's come back to it. Okay. Um, I just want to ask one, like one or two more questions about yeah. these teen years. Cause like I said, yeah. this is a time we lose people. So yeah. I want to like, you know, really know. Yes. So, um, I just, I think I have just two questions. Sure. Maybe your answers will make me have more, we'll but, see. um, but I, I'd like to know like during those years, um, how you were like finding and consuming creative media, like, and really, really what I'm wondering is if your relationship with like curiosity and exploration, like what, what was going on with it? Right. Um, and if, if there's nothing, that's okay. No, you're good. I think so. I mean, I still was, not only was I performing, but I was still going to see plays. I did a trip to New York with that same friend, Eden, that I told you I started dancing with. Her mom was the drama teacher at Kearns High. And we went to New York, I think it was my summer before my senior year um and I saw eight different Broadway shows wow. that whole week and we went to the Met and we went to the MoMA cool. and we went to the Cloisters and we went and saw everything you could see and yeah. it same thing that it stuff just was really affecting you would feed from one thing to the yeah. next I knew that I just wanted to continue to know more and this you know, the sculptures were yeah. Mind blowing. And yeah, the art and the, you know, just everything in general, I feel like the more you could get my hands on, the yeah. more I, I loved that. And it felt totally. like this, these were my people. Yeah. Right. Maybe this is like a bit of a leading question, but I'm going with it. Perfect. Um, you know, again, I grew up LDS. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that you did because of the 12 yes. kids. You, you st- <laughs> I'm, I'm not anymore, but, um, it's all good. We still love you. <laughs> great. <laughs> Likewise. Um, so the thing that I want to ask is like, I know that I felt, you know, really moved by, by creative media. Um, and when I would go to a museum, I would be having maybe a different experience than some of my classmates or reading a novel or reading a poem or, you know, whatever it was. Um, and, and I felt sometimes like the stuff that I was drawn to was maybe sometimes things that people would be like, well, that's edgy or that's, and I just felt so like, but it's pure, you know? Right. It's their artistic expression. Yeah. Uh And so, like I said, it's totally a leading question. I'm making some assumptions, but, um, it sounds like you were, your, your curiosity was really open. Oh, for sure. Did you ever feel like you had to like defend that? Or did you ever feel like, I don't know, a little or bit. something. Like I knew that. that I wasn't the straight arrow. Yeah, <laughs> in my LDS culture of all of my friends, and maybe they thought I was a little bit odd that way. But it was something that I mean, a lot of things that were in art never bothered me. They never. Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't be looking at that, or right. or you shouldn't be paying attention to that, or that music says this word, or whatever. Right. It didn't bother me. It didn't feel like that was something that I should shy away from because I could still see the beauty within it. And I feel like there were some of my friends that were that way that would shy away and be like, you know, this is not me, but I still didn't really care if, if they chose to or not. Yeah. I just felt like this was still me and it didn't matter 
if anyone else liked it. I could be the odd duck out and it was okay. Do you feel like you have like words for maybe someone who doesn't understand that? Like, and and I don't mean like no. trying to tell your friends like, right. oh, you need to like this. But I mean no. more like. Just be open-minded. Yeah. And be, and be caring well, and be loving no matter what. Is that, that's what it feels like to you? Yeah. It feels like that to me too. And I, I think part of the reason I'm thinking of it is because I also loved Miss Saigon as a little kid. Oh yeah. As My a tiny fi- little kid. Yes, yeah. yes. And so people that know what the story is about, they're like going, are you kidding me at it's, age eight? It's risque. I love that. It's still my favorite yeah. musical. I, I love, love that show. And I remember weeping and I took my mom. I saw it in New York that, that yeah. week. That was, that was my, like, I have to see this show. Yeah. And I remember taking my mom as well, like in junior high. And she was like, and my mom is pretty open in the, you know, she, you know, she doesn't get offended, but she's still pretty. Yeah. I mean, we tell her she's got a straight call to, you know, to yeah. God, basically, mom, we need something. You need to get on the, yeah. you know, on the phone with JC and Henley <laughs> father and tell him this is what we need. Yeah. But she was still kind and loving to everybody. And yeah. I feel like that's probably where that came from. Yeah. I think that's true. It's empathy. Yes. That's how it feels to me too. And you know, I'm, I'm asking partly because, um, since I left the church, I feel like my authority on this subject is no longer right. Like viable. people don't right, right. Exactly. That people are like, well, you you don't really want to, you know. And it's like, but no, I've yeah. been feeling like because art feels really spiritual to me. Oh, totally. I'm sure that our respective relationships with art are similar. Like everything yeah. you're saying, I'm like, well, I feel the same way. Yeah. And to me, it's it. Do, yeah, it doesn't matter what the like morality of the artist no. is. If it's beauty, if like, it's beauty and you can't define that pain or, you know, yeah. whatever it is, if different it's, for every person. Yeah. If it strikes that thing, I just yeah. could not possibly care less about like right. the point of view, right. you know, or whatever yeah. the context. Yes, totally. Um, and yeah. I think, again, we're going to pull that sister back into view. I think that's one thing I learned the loving and compassion and empathy with from my mother. She is the most kind, kind, loving person you'll know. She'll give your shirt off your back, take her last dollar and buy a homeless man a meal. Like yeah. that's just her. And then my sister that passed that I told you, Lisa, she also um, fell away from the church probably in those college years. And so that a lot of the time that she was molding me or growing that fire within mm. me, she never she told me you have questions. to think this way because yeah. the church is wrong or you have to think this way yeah. because, you know, whatever. It was be true to yourself yeah, and love what you love because you love it yeah, and not because anyone else is telling you any otherwise. And this is okay. If this is what you yeah. choose, this is okay. And you're a beautiful human regardless yeah. of your choices. Well, and I think... I think feeling this kind of empathy toward art artists and seeing like the human behind the art or the humanity in the art, it's the same type of creative creativity that I'd love for all of us to extend to each other. Oh, totally. Which is another reason that I love these conversations. <laughs> and and I was just talking about this with someone a couple of weeks ago. The fact that I live in Utah means a lot of the artists I interview are like they're 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 not just artists who are LDS, but they're like LDS artists. Like oh, yeah. the work yeah, yeah, that yeah. they do yeah, yeah. is like yeah. temples and Yeah. Or I also interview a ton of artists who left the church in, in a painful way. Painful. Um and so I have this kind of interesting opportunity and I and I think it's totally pertinent to like the broader conversation because it, it requires so much creativity to like 
just see what we have in common and to see the things that we share that are like beautiful humanity and to see um, the beauty in like someone else's point of view and someone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think as creatives, as professional creatives, we kind of have to be good at that. Totally. And I like talking about this stuff if for no other reason than like, it's kind of an example of like, here's how you do it. (laughs) This is how we do it in real life, people. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And have so many things in common. Totally. 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 And then um, the other thing I wanted to ask is when you were deciding to major in musical theater, Mm -hmm. what was that decision like? I know you decided out of it later, but deciding to major in an art is a thing uh, is a thing i don't know i just i think basically looked at a list and was like nope no mm. no yeah i think that sounds fun yeah it was something that you felt uh, like yeah. i can see my like self i can see myself this in this because this is fun great and i enjoy it yeah so might as well work and something you enjoy and then a year or two semesters in you kind of had this oh, thought the of first like year was beach right so right. But I took a few like acting classes there and some more musical, uh, some more dance classes there as well. And you just knew it wasn't sustainable. And I just knew after Which, that first semester of real school, I was like, yeah. all right. Again, I have to like a little bit assume like, you know, uh, some of this stuff, I think it's it's worth just spelling out even if we kind of know. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you didn't want to have kids mm-hmm. and you did, you know, you you didn't have other um important like values values, then maybe this choice to like major in broadway is more sustainable true um and that's also another thing that as as creatives we have to think creatively about that stuff too right like 100 it's not just like what's the medium that i like but what will this like actually take and does is that going to work with the person that i am right in all aspects and you had the foresight to realize like i love this but in order to do this i have to have a different kind of life than I want to have. Yes. 100%. And you solved yourself out of that too, by finding design. I just, yeah, that was, I think just after I basically took a, you know, a musical class down in, um, Cedar city, I just kept thinking, you know, really, you know, that was at that almost junior year of going either a, I go forward in this and then the next semester is going to look like ABCDFG or, I make that decision now to to figure out what really is going to work in my life. Yeah. Because I did know that I wanted to find a family and yeah. a husband and, and all of those things. Yeah. Um, but I also knew that I think I wasn't young when I was married, but um, comparatively to everybody else in Utah. Sure. I knew I wanted to be able to have something that I could, could sustain yeah. myself with if I, I needed to. I love that so much. I mean, I love the fact that you... We're thinking creatively about that. Right. That's, Just another another outlet of, okay, what do I have to do to, yeah. to, to provide for myself? I mean, it seems like such a given, but it's just not. Yeah. And that's why we lose creatives because yeah. people, they get themselves in these binaries yes. of like, it's creative or none. Or none. Instead of yeah. thinking like, how can I do it? How and can I make it work? And still be the kind of person that I want to be and still have live in the place that I want right. to live. And, right. you know, I wish that there that I wish that there were more adults talking to teenagers about that kind of stuff. Oh, totally. Cause it's, it's really important. Very important. And we're bad at talking to teenagers about it. Anything and making them really be accountable for everything. Really? Let's be honest. That's another subject, but well, <laughs> but I mean the flip side of that is like, we, 
like, yeah, teenagers maybe don't have enough accountability, but then we just throw them into college and say like, make this decision that's going to be the rest of your life. And we don't, we don't tell, we we don't verbalize to teenagers, at least in the experiences that I've seen and that I've witnessed. We don't verbalize to teenagers like, try things. This This is is your whole life. So Mm -hmm. take some time, Mm -hmm. like be creative, like think what kind of life do I want to have? What kinds of things do I like? Do I like working with Mm -hmm. people? Like just your hands or yeah. Like just explore that a little. It doesn't need to be like piano performance or math. Right. Right. Just (laughs) think through it. Like think about it. Well, and so, so as I'm looking at, forward of where I should go next after musical dance theater. I'm like thinking to myself, okay, I can't do anything that requires anatomy because I will puke my brains out if I'm in a cadaver lab. I still like pass out when yeah. I get blood, no, blood drawn. Yep. Yep. Okay. So medical <laughs> field gone. Out. Uh, math. I was good at it, but I hated it. So let's not, and I had finished my uh, math requirements in my 11th year of high school i did whatever college ap AP, whatever i was just telling this little girl that i was teaching before we got here she was telling me something about her math homework and i was like i haven't taken math since 11th grade yeah i'm I'm out sorry (laughs) cannot help you and they teach math differently now i'll tell you that right now but helping my kids during this quarantine like oh are you kidding me i don't know how your teacher wants me to do this but this is how i do it i don't care you'll learn i don't remember anything I don't remember a well, single thing. Luckily, they're, we're in second grade, so we're talking about just addition and subtraction here. So it wasn't terrible, but none of this way that they're wanting me to teach them. It was all about carrying the one. I can't even imagine. So, <laughs> so not math. So not math. And then and I was like, like, well, English. English. I was never a good writer. It was okay. Don't love English. I don't love English. But I'm like, I still love to be creative. And I thought back that time with my sister and I said, oh, you know what? Holmes. What about design? Yeah. Right? What about homes? My dad was a painter and, and painted homes forever. And then my sister, you know, designed her home and I really liked it. And I was like, that's a profession. Yeah. So I, I remember again sitting down at the computer and looking at every university in Utah and going, where can I go to get this degree? Yeah. Because I knew I needed not just an associate's or a yeah. certificate. I wanted mm-hmm. to have my bachelor's degree. Yeah. And so um, BYU used to have a program, but at that point in time, they just barely switched it to go to Ricks, which was now BYU-Idaho. Yeah. And I knew I didn't want to go up there because, you know, I hate the cold. Yeah. Not like Logan was much better. Also, Rexburg is so tiny. It's tiny. And I was doing the tiny town with Cedar and it wasn't me. And I'm like, get me out of here. You love art. Yeah. You need a little bit more stuff. So Uh, uh, did you ever think about architecture? Yes and no. I started, so I started interior, I started the program at Utah State. And I, and I obviously, like I said, um, I learned all the, the drafting skills, all the codes, you know, lighting plans, electrical plans, like everything. And I just go, this is a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot of technical information. Yeah, you wanted more like color and, and I wanted, texture. No, and not oh. that I don't love the space planning. I love the space planning of, okay, let's take this outer shell yeah. and let's fill all these walls in and it's like tetris right yeah. figuring out how do these spaces connect, totally yeah right so that was good for me but having to pass things by a certain code and have yeah. to remember certain it just was bo- just that like was the whole mathematical part yeah. i could do it but that was boring yeah and it was another 
two years for a master's degree in architecture and another eight different tests that were two yeah. hours long. And a lot of people, the eighth test is really hard. Then people have to take it multiple, multiple times. Yeah. And I'm like going, maybe not, maybe not for this. I could do everything basically an architect does. Um, but I didn't need that stamp because I would work in an architectural firm. Did and you, so go did ahead. Did you have, um, did you, did you ever feel like, um, how do I want to ask it? Like, I'm wondering about how you felt like as a woman in this program, was there anything like about, can Gender. I really own this? Cause I know like I, I didn't, I didn't leave the church until a few years ago. So right. I, um, the whole time I was in college, I had a, an idea of what I thought my life was going to be. Right. And I know that's something that even in Texas where like I was the only LDS person in right. my program, I still felt kind of like maybe I don't get to own this career. Like, cause maybe I'm not going to work or, right. you know, and again, it's totally leading, but I, I'm just curious, like, because you clearly feel like an ownership about your business. Yeah. And was that something that was always a given or was it something yeah. you had to like learn? I think I knew always I you was going to I it. was going to work and I knew that I needed something to be me, yeah. right? I knew that that was something that I really wanted. And then I I did I mean, I think when I was looking into to design, I thought this is probably still something I could do with children yeah. on a part-time totally. basis, right? I mean, I was having that thought. Like that's yeah. that's the type of thinking you have. Um when that's your plan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, but so, so no, there weren't any like, but I actually really want to do this. No, but I can't because it, my life, it, you know, it needs yeah. to have a family. Or no. things like, I was a professor at BYU for yeah. four years and um, I saw a lot of things like even in the faculty of like, well, we don't want to give her a scholarship because she's not going to actually, Use you know, it. like I just, oh, so I'm just wondering if you, it made me ill too, which is a lot of the reason that I am not doing it anymore, which right. I, I fully, fully deeply believe that like we all just, uh, we have the relationships with the institutions in a way that is going to work for our right. lives. And I fully respect all of it, but yeah, it kind of, I saw enough things that I was like, I just, out. yeah, it just stopped being good to me. Right. Right. It stopped being something that I associated in a positive way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm just wondering if you had to f like battle any of that. No, I don't think so. That's I think, great. Yeah. That's, that's I great. It was more like, I'm just going to go this way because maybe Very, I don't know it was the laziness in me or that I knew this way was more creative versus more technical. Yeah. Um, oh, I think I mean more just like when you were like just in general, like yeah. being in college, if you ever kind of felt like. You can't do this because... Well, I mean, it's not it's not a secret that plenty of women right. in our culture go to college never planning to really work. Oh, yeah. And you ever. knew you w wanted to. Yes. So I think that's more what I'm wondering if you ever had to kind of like... Battle for that. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's great. I don't think that's so. great. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so... And um, again, maybe it's that sister that I saw. She didn't get... She got married. That same sister, Lisa. She got married at 29 in Utah. So she so was a teacher a for nine years of, before she was even married. Yeah. So you had a great example I knew of like that I just, this possibility. Yeah. I wanted yeah. my own career cool. for me. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> seems like an obvious thing that someone might want. Right. Um, I, I definitely don't believe that everybody, I mean, I, I've seen plenty of women like not have careers, right. but 
but the way that they parent is so holistic right and so creative yeah i can see it being their career yeah yeah i can outlet. see it like using the entire brain spectrum of their brain that's my um, sister-in-law yeah. she is like the mom of all moms and you call her and it's it's not for show it's not for her instagram yeah it's because it's just like this is what lights up her, her whole mind and it lights up her whole mind yeah. and i just go christy how do you do this yeah and how could, would you problem solve this way? Yeah. Because I'm figure this this is driving me crazy and I can't figure it out. And my kids driving me nuts. What do yeah. I do? Help me. Help yeah. me. And you knew as a young person that you were gonna need, like for your yes. sanity and your like in order to remain sparkly, yeah. you were gonna need something. Something. And I That's think great. I knew that. I just am cluing into probably why I knew that. Lisa. Because I'm the young well, Lisa oh. and I'm thinking of another aspect. Um I watched all of my nieces and nephews. I was an aunt at age four. Oh, so you knew you were like, this is not enough for me. Or like, I, knew, I don't mean it I, as like an right, enough. No, I and I knew, I knew the hardness of motherhood yeah. before I was anywhere near a mother. Yeah. And I knew seeing my, my sisters go through motherhood and some of them being fulfilled and some of them seeing that they were sad or lost. Mm. I knew that. I see. I had a lot of people to follow. You had a you were lot of attention. experiences. You, to pay it sounds like to. you were very, yeah. you were paying attention. And going, okay, I want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so I knew from a lot of experience of watching all my nieces and nephews and helping raise them that I knew I wanted children, but I knew it was going to be hard. Yeah. I knew I needed still something for me. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I love that. I mean, so much of like the stuff that, I get excited about people. I like people and yes. I, and I get excited about the individual individuality of people. And I, there's almost nothing that inspires me more than the type of person who just like knows themselves. Like it's really, it's a really like it, it, um, it's exciting to me. So that's, it sounds like you were, you were one of those people. You think so. But I plan also, so I feel like it's like, I always flying by the seat of my pants a little bit too. I don't know. I mean, that <laughs> it, it is what it is, you know. Like that's that's part of it. I'm sure like, all okay. those things are like inter, this is working inter, for now. Interlocked. Yeah. Um, how many years in between when you graduated and when you had your twins? Oh, I graduated in 2006. I had babies in 2011. Okay, so, so what happened in those years? years? So okay, so let me tell you. Let me back up a little bit. So great design school. I knew I wanted to do some something with it. My my big ideals is I wanted to go through um and work for my husband was I got married right after we graduated in 2006 and I thought my husband would get into physical therapy school in like Texas or California and I would go to work for a big firm somewhere and mm. work in hospitality and tourism and Cool. Um, design hotels and restaurants and hair salons and yeah. things that were of you know a public space nature, but okay. still creative. Yeah. Um, and that was in two thousand eight. Oh, and then there was two thousand six, the two thousand eight. That's in the crash. Yeah. yeah. So the first year out of school, I I worked in residential, and I did flowers. Oh, I forgot to tell you when flowers came in. Y yeah. Sorry. Let's Pl back up yes, a little bit. Please. So flowers was my hobby job through design school. Oh, okay. So I got a, a a job at a shop. My first couple years of, of school. So romantic. And just made flowers for everyday occasions and yeah. 
slowly learned that medium. Yeah. Made boutonnieres at first and corsages and yeah. everyday arrangements. Then I worked up to funeral work and then I started making a few bouquets and yeah. And it was good. I you know, we started doing some events for the alumni house up there. Um and then I went I met my husband when was when was I don't know, my junior year, maybe up there. So fourth year of school, but you know, third year of school. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> it took me six years to yeah. get through all of my college <laughs> education. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, three schools. Yeah. yeah. Three schools. It's it makes fine. perfect sense. It's, it's totally fine. So um, after I met him, I met him during the summer, during my internship, my first year after design school, my first year of design school and thought he was just going to be a summer fling, but he hung around. So the Aww. following, so that, that whole lot next year, I worked at a flower shop and then I knew I wanted to be close to him and he was down here in Aww. Utah Valley and I was in Logan and he was running track for UVU and I was up in the design program that was really hard to get into. So I was the one driving back and forth because he would have track meets on the weekends. Bless that man. He owes me a lot of hours from track <laughs> meets and driving oh in the gosh. I-15 traffic. Um, my husband and I dated long distance yeah. for two years because yeah, that was two years. I was in a program that there wasn't an equivalent uh-huh. for, and yep, wasn't willing to. Same thing. I mean, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have sacrificed it. You yes. know. I mean, I'm yes. glad. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> it same, was important. Same thing. So he had a scholarship for running track at yeah. U- UVU, and I had you had your thing, my program, and so we dated for two years. But during the summer, that after that first whatever year of design school, I went. And, um, Internshiped, and then I worked at a wholesaler down here, and I really for got flowers to know, for flowers. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And I really got to know all the different varieties and combinations, and I would help these designers that oh would come gosh, in and pull things together and say, "Okay, what about this palette? What about this palette? What about these textures? Yeah. What about those textures?" And because my eye for design was there, it mm-hmm. came really natural mm-hmm. to me. And so I had a lot of these floral designers coming to me to say, "Okay, this is my kind of idea." Can you help me wow. pull this together? So I'd branch it in and I'd start doing events on my own here and cool. there. So that's kind of where flowers came. It was my hobby job and it was just another another form of the addiction. Let's yeah. just add another medium in. Totally. And it fulfilled me and it was great. Um, and it was kind of like a design project, like a home, but a home can take a long time yeah. where this was something, an event, right? quick and easy, I love right? It. Yeah. In and out in a day. Um, and so... I started taking on little projects as, you know, I went through my senior years of school. I would do a wedding here and there. And um, then I graduated and I worked for a residential firm my first year. And again, kept doing weddings on the side here and there on the weekends. And we didn't have kids yet. My husband was still finishing his last courses to get into uh, physical therapy school. So I was kind of the breadwinner and he was kind of taking some classes and I was, just awesome. working yeah. and enjoying and yeah. exploring those, those creative outlets. And I, I got love it. better and better and better as I, you know, would meet with different other florists in, in different shops and different, um, the wholesaler and people would give you tips and tricks and trades yeah. and you just got better, better as you kept practicing. Yeah. So, um, after that first year of, de- of in- interior residential design, the firm I worked for was questionable and kind of crazy a little shady a little shady yeah so I kind of ran and said this is insane and then I got a I got a job with an architectural firm cool so that's where I worked for the next 
five years, six years until and my you babies were still were doing flowers on and the side. flowers were just still on the okay. side that whole time. I just kind of, and that's when, and then 2008, we moved to Arizona and the market had crashed. Yeah. I was still working for the architectural firm. They'd fly me back and forth to work on a few resident, you know, interior things. I wouldn't be drafting for them anymore, but when I needed to put together a color scheme for a school, we did a lot of schools and banks cool. and public buildings like that. I'd put together a whole design board come up for two weeks and then send it out to the client and then would go back to Arizona because I couldn't find a job in Arizona. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. dead. Yeah. And so between working a couple weeks here and, and there. And you had your twins? No, not no. yet. This okay. was in 2008. So okay. I was still just, my husband was going to physical therapy school. Okay. So he okay. was in a doctor. So it wasn't program. until 2011 that you had your twins? Yeah. Okay. So another couple years. So at that point he was... Um, going through school and I was doing whatever I could to make ends meet because yeah. that was the market had crashed. I couldn't find a design job there. So I was going back and forth between my job in Utah and working for the flower shop down in Arizona. Okay, cool. So oh, enter, enter the little flower shop yeah. next to your my home. high school. I grew up like on Lindsay and McKellips. Yeah. So and right that's there. Where our apartments were yeah. was right there. Yeah. Reflections, I think was the name of the apartment complex right off of McKellips. Cannot remember, yeah, but you know, yeah. it's, it was right there. <laughs> So I was, you know, it was an old Dutch man that um, owned this shop. Wow. And from there, I just learned even more because this, I mean, that's true, he was like 70 years old. He was an old man. And he would just teach me every little thing that he'd learned through um, Dutch floral design. Like, and that's kind of a lot between there's like the main growths of like floral art, if that makes sense. It's like... There's the Dutch market and the Dutch design skills. Yeah. And then there's like Ikebana um, Japanese okay. design skills, right? Cool. So it's like in their history and their bones in the Dutch land, right? And yeah. I'm actually, well, and I'm Holland Dutch as well, right? Where, it's yeah. Holland, yes. Yeah. So my mom's my mom's dad is straight from Holland. So cool. I, we just connected and he, he taught me a lot of these different techniques and things from way Bear. back then. Bear, you can puppy. come in here. <laughs> he's scared of the um. He's scared of the wood. Oh. He's scared of the floor. Because maybe bear's, a snail scratch. Bear's crying. Yeah, bear's crying in the next room. Bear, you can come in here. He's too scared. Mm. Um. Ever since quarantine started, he he can't be alone because my husband's mm -hmm. home now. Yeah. And so he is. He's become my dog. Has become like. <laughs> he's hopeless like he's he he's needs you at babied, all times <laughs> he's babied to such an extreme yeah so andrew just left to go to his parents house and right. now i'm in here with marianne and bear is like 12 feet away and he's mm -hmm. not moving ha enjoying it he's like but i can hear you but i can't see you and I don't Sorry. want to walk on this floor. <laughs> if he wants to bad enough, he will we'll do it. Okay. Sorry. No, so you're, you're working at this so flower shop. So I work at the flower shop, shop and eventually he realized I was good. And he's like, you know, I'm going to just kind of go do my I'm own thing and retire. you can manage here. Yeah. And I started taking on weddings through the shop and people wow. started getting to know me there. I was there for about two years. Wow. Still kind of going back and forth between my job yeah. and Utah. <laughs> taking some clients here. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we moved home in 2011. And at that point, my husband graduated from his doctorate in physical therapy school, and I was pregnant. <laughs> you had, you're going to have those twins. Cool. And five years after, I was pregnant, and I didn't know it was twins at first. Yeah. We didn't find out it was twins Scary. until the gender ultrasound. Yeah. And uh, 
Did you I, freak out? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say the whole, we went and paid one, you know, those ones at 16 weeks to go find out what it was. Uh-huh. And it wasn't at my doctor's office. It was like at another like, you know, fetal photo type of a place. Yeah. The whole office and everybody there hurt me. Oh, I definitely no. was wigging out going, what am I going to do with two babies? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's fine, but it, you know. It's in the past <laughs> now. They're, they're, they're. It was crazy. They're nine. Right. They're almost, they'll be nine yeah. in, in November, <laughs> the very last day of November. Wow. So, so yeah, I was pregnant and my husband was looking for a job and we had opportunities in Arizona, in Destin, Florida, in North Carolina. And I just was like, you know, whatever, babe, wherever you go, I'll find a design job. I still planned on working. I yeah. was like, I'm not quitting. I'm yeah. ready. Gonna, I'm still going to work. Yeah. You know, it's my time. It's my turn. I put me yeah. through school. It's my turn to really totally. still do what I want to do. Yeah. Then I found out there was two. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I looked into the whole, how much is childcare for two? Whoa. Well, that makes zero yeah. sense for me to stay home. Yeah. So that first year they were one until they were one. That first year I still worked for the architectural firm back and forth. Cause my husband had a schedule where he had seven days on and then seven days off. He worked at the hospital okay. or still works at the hospital, but that's what his schedule was. Um, and oh so on his gosh. weeks off, yeah. I would trade tag team and I'm, I'm going to go into work. Yeah. I love you, but I'm going to go to work. Yeah. Because you needed it. I needed it. I yeah. needed a re- I needed a break. I needed to talk to other adults and and, and be creative. And be creative. Yeah. Um and then it came to a point where these kids were mobile and my job there was they needed me more than every other week. They needed somebody kind of on a regular basis and so I, we just kind of had a part ways. So that said, was the be- that was the end of that. The, the end of that chapter. And soon the beginning of and only the beginning flowers. Beginning of only flowers. Okay. In 2011. It was cool. right after. Well, I guess yeah, 2011 to 2012. So late 2011. you are like a premier Utah florist now. I wouldn't say that. I would. You're cute. Um, I know it's true because like <laughs> Cassidy. I mean, I know Cassidy is too. And I mean, she's amazing. Cake. That woman should be famous for what she does. Holy. Sh- Crap, she's, she's amazing. Crazy. But I've watched your stuff too, because I interviewed Cassidy a while ago. Mm-hmm. And then I do weddings at River Bottom Ranch sometimes too. You and do so, you sing there? Yeah. I love um, it. And so I'm always I seeing like Instagram always shows me like what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it the algorithm knows that I want to see that. Those oh, people that I follow. You're one and far few between, because I swear yeah. I've got my following hasn't grown in three years. Well, Let's just your say that. work is so <laughs> spectacular. It's so That's stunning. So and I wanted to say, um, you know, when I started this podcast, it was really important to me to make sure that I talked to as many mediums as possible. Mm-hmm. And I love flowers. I love plants. I'm bad at them. Oh, yeah. Um, but I but I love them. I feel like incredibly moved by flowers. And yeah. so I've I've been like looking for a florist to interview for You're such so a cute. long time. Oh. Um, and so I'd love, okay, you can decide what order, but yeah. I want you to talk about like how you built this incredible business that you have. And then I also just want you to talk about like flowers and, and why they're and great. Why they're great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to first share another dirty secret of mine. Let's hear that it. I'm good at flowers and I can keep them alive as long as they're dying already. Yeah. <laughs> but plants, <laughs> You know, if my family and my friends ask me about plants, I'm like, I don't know what no that idea. is. Yeah. And I will kill it if you bring it into my house or into my garden. So bad because it takes things. time to focus on what's growing versus... Yeah. I just have no intuition about it None. whatsoever. Yeah, it's like, bad. I, 
this snake plant that I have here. And those are supposed to be the easy ones, right? Well, it was doing great until quarantine started. And then I didn't, because normally I would come yeah. down here once yes. a week so to do an interview. And then I mm-hmm. think I've overwatered it. Yeah. Well, do you don't know? I don't know. Yeah. I have well, a niece that does I have plants no idea. and she knows plants. And I sent her, let's just say that there was a wedding before COVID hit that was going to be all cactus and succulents. And I was like, oh, goody. Please don't kill these before they're, yeah. you know, displayed. And we did a mock-up at River Bottoms. And I bought all these gorgeous succulents and cactus to do a display on a table. And I knew that if I wanted to keep those alive, they would not stay at my house. Yeah. So the minute I went home from that mock-up, I called my niece, Lindsay, and I said, hey, help plant mama yeah will you babysit my plants yeah <laughs> until there's time yeah when june comes along because this was like march i just have i just then, look at the plant like what yeah. do you want i don't know i, what I don't you know want. what you need i'm sorry <laughs> but if it's like a poppy and that i need another day of life out of i can you know sear it put it in a boiling water do all the things to make it work yeah because i know it's gonna die anyway but i'm like okay i need 24 more hours what can i do yep you, I can do you this can and do you're going to survive but, for the next 24 but hours. But growing them, not But so growing much. them, yeah. <laughs> so don't ask me your plant questions, but I can answer what varieties things are and how things long it should last. Good together. And tips to like keep them alive as long as they can in a vase. But it actually to grow something, yeah. I am It's hopeless. a totally different skill. It's well, a different skill. I have been really working hard to try to find a gardener. Oh, um, yeah. no one will respond to my emails, oh. but I have not given up. Well, I'll give you a couple names. Okay. There's some flower farmers that are pretty I cute. I would love your yeah. recommendations. Yeah. Cause I, you know, when someone gets a random email, that's like, can I interview yeah. you? And then they're like, I'm a gardener. Why? Why? I get it. Yeah. But also yeah. I'm like, but can I interview you? Can I interview you? Yeah, um, yeah. so yeah. Talk, so, so sorry. Either back to where we how were, you built your business or why are flowers amazing? I would say, let's talk about building your business first building and, my business and then, and then end on about the flowers. Flowers being amazing. Um, there's a lot of ways to build a business and the way I did it, I will say was not the easy way. <laughs> or the, probably the really businessy way. Yeah. Cause I feel like when you own a business, there's the business side and, all things accounting, all things marketing, all things advertising, all the technical stuff. And then there's, in my specific business, the creative side. All things flowers, all things organization, all things that, presentation. And I'm really good at the creative side. And I've had to learn to be... I get this. The business side. I understand this. Yeah. (laughs) And it's been a lot of growing pains, Emily. It's been a lot of growing pains. So uh, back when we were young and really social media wasn't a thing. Yeah. In 2011. Yeah. I think Facebook was barely around. Um, Instagram wasn't. Right. And we all had. Instagram was like right around like 2012. Yeah. But I didn't know about it till I think 2015. I didn't start that train till later. I'm younger and I still Uh, really struggle. I'm a little bit older. So there you go. I still have a very hard time. Right. And and we had that concept of when I graduated college, I went to job and had a nine to five. That's not a thing anymore. It's not a thing anymore. And it kind of ticks me off really bad because I'm like, you, all you cute millennial people don't know what it's like to sit in a freezing cold basement <laughs> all year long, drafting on a computer all day long and not knowing yeah. what season it is outside. <laughs> like, really? <sighs> I mean, there's a different work ethic, I think, that we've learned being in yeah. my specific 
age group, whatever it is. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's yeah. different. And Gen I, it X. makes yes, it makes me a little bit frustrated because I go, ah, it was almost to that really. I feel like they've got a sweet spot. I mean, they have their own trials, but yeah. I'm anyway, a millennial I'm and uh, yeah, I feel like I can. I'm an. I'm a. I'm right in the middle. The cusp. Right? No, I'm not. I'm like in the, oh, in the middle. middle. Like I'm an. I'm like as millennial as millennials okay, are. There you go. And uh, I don't know. I think. I think we are jealous of you. Oh, you think so? Yeah. See, I look the other way around all the time. I'm like, do you see these cute bloggers? They're doing photography and they're living in Hawaii with their husbands. Yeah. And they're just but videoing. That's definitely and- not all millennials. I know, but I most feel like of a us lot have of a hard time finding work. Earth. But that's true. You have your own little yeah. problems too. Well, to because, like more. you said, there just aren't. There's job stability is it's just different. It's like it's not a thing so different. anymore. No, it's different. So, so if you're creative, it's better. It's better. Yes, but, it's um, better. But if you're not creative, but you're not creative and you're it's millennial, struggling. Yeah, what, I'm are you, sure. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So I basically just, my business started word of mouth. Yeah. And that's all it was, is that I started doing some more weddings and I would do a funeral here and there, but they weren't really my thing. If people asked me, I would do them, but I knew I couldn't do it on the everyday delivery thing because I had these little babies. Yeah. And I just wanted to pick as many people as I wanted. Yeah. And the more weddings I did, the more people started emailing me. Yeah. Right? So I built a website and it's not awesome. Look at that poor little bear. I know. He's, like, he's crying. Please. Come on, bear. Pop. You can come in here, honey. <laughs> bear, just take a few steps and just walk in here, babe. Sorry. He so I, I built a I website. Really sad. It's hard it to sad. It's distracting cuz he's just it's all good. He's he's off off recording just like <laughs> just Yeah, he's just whining. He's, crying. he's like, "Mom, mom." Yeah. See? Mom. <laughs> Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Love me. So, I built a website myself because I was a creative and I to. knew that yeah. It was expensive to hire somebody I and know. I didn't really have did money the same to say thing. whatever. I built a website and I had a little Facebook and I started just doing flowers for people and yeah. it just grew pretty quickly in that people just, cause I've been doing it for a while at 2011, I started doing flowers, what, 2001, 2002 when I was in college and design yeah. school. So it was almost 10 years that I'd been kind of fiddling with this medium. Yeah, you're like Not ready. Not full time, but I was yeah. like, I can jump ready into this and know in. what I'm doing. Totally. And so when people started seeing what I was doing and they would refer. Yeah. I was right away. I was busier like than I could confident have. and ready. You were like, yeah, yeah I can n- do not this. having all kinds of like doubt of your ability. You're right. Like, I got this. I got this. It will be fine. Yeah. We'll figure it out. And that creative solve that creative problem solving. If I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out. I'll be fine. Yeah. I, let me just go get that boy. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. With You're him. fine. Um, he's just, <laughs> he used to come in here. It's weird. It's like, it's like he if he doesn't come in this room for like uh-huh. a couple of weeks, he'll forget that he knows how. Oh, that's it's funny. It's so strange. He's a retired um, <laughs> racing hound. Yes. And I think because he just he wasn't raised in a home. He was raised yeah. in like a kennel. Yeah. He just has like some weird. He's yeah. some quirks. That's he's okay. got some puppy quirks. We all have got some quirks. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. So I think like what I maybe want to know, unless there's like anything specific you want to share, I think what I want to know about your business is maybe just more like, like I'm interested in like, I'm interested in creativity and like what it feels like from your mind to be a creative. And I'm interested in like, um, 
your creative identity. So maybe I'd rather ask like, just do you want to share anything about like your experience um, in being like a person who's a busy creative? Like, I mean, an in-demand creative, like, does that, what does that like feel like? You know, sometimes it's exhilarating. Sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes you want to run and hide, but sometimes once you go through it, it's always worth it. Yeah. Um, You do like getting to work with like brides. Yes. That's another side of me. Yes. Is that the people that you get to know? I feel like that too. Um, It's such a privilege to be part of someone's huge day. Yes. Yes. I feel the same way. And being part of their life and, for me, I, as part of my brand is genuine, you know, genuinity. I can't even say that word. What it, what genuineness, genuineness, genuinity. I don't know. Is but there I feel a like, word that we're just tired and forgetting? Yeah, probably COVID brain for here. But it's yeah. part of my Instagram, you know, your three words on your Instagram, but yeah. genuine is one of those main words because yeah. I can't not be me. Yeah. I wear my heart on my sleeve. You're going to know what I think, what I feel, what yeah. I whatever, and I'm going to take you for all of you. Yeah. And I'm going to love you for all of you. And once yeah. you're my client, you're my client forever. And I know. I, I keep, have that I feeling keep, too. I totally know. I keep a part of it. you. I keep track of you. Yeah. And it's just this high to go, okay, I see your vision. Even though a lot of clients cannot even express what they want. Yeah. But by getting to know that person, mm-hmm. And just pulling it out of them and then putting my spin on it to creative problem solve that. Yeah. And then to put my spin on it and my brand on it and then receive that joy back when that project Mm -hmm. is complete is so gratifying. That's so fulfilling. It's such a beautiful answer. It's like your medium is flowers, but your medium is brides. Yeah. It's people. It's people and their families. Yeah. And, And I have so many, I can't even tell you how many pictures I have of my clients hugging me like so tight on that day and tears yeah and you feel like you've gotten to know these people so close and because you've almost seen right into their soul of this is what you want and how i can make your day beautiful and memorable it's like a gift like you're giving them this thing yes and it's really beautiful i think that's where my business grew is that i was able to read people really well yeah and i could take that and say okay this is what you want but I'm going to take and give you what you want, but I'm going to make it this much better. Yeah. Because I can even elevate I, I know that creativity. What you want. Like, I know what I you know want. I know what the next level I'm gonna, is. I'm yeah. going to next level it up and I'm going to cool. blow your mind. And I'm going to make myself feel so good at the same time. Because yeah. it's, so, it's kind of selfish in no, that way. I mean, but, that, that's what makes it sustainable though. Right? Like to it, feel that need, need. it has to have that. Um, or, or you can't keep doing it no. because it's weird hours and it's, it's and it's rigorous yeah. and it's, you know, it's, it's hard work. People think, Oh, it should be so fun to be a florist. Okay. You're not there in the tear. You're down. not there. Guess what? How many hours I put in within three days of your wedding over 40. Yeah. Right. I am long days and I'm mostly in the cold because flowers don't like the heat. Yeah. I have coolers. I'm schlepping buckets that are oh my 25 gosh. to 50 pounds. I'm carrying ladders. I'm up in the air, 20 feet in the air sometimes on a ladder hanging off, trying to hang this little chandelier. Yeah. It's, I mean, grueling. You know, we call in the the florist world, we call that the next day we will have a wedding hangover. It is legit a wedding hangover. Yeah. And your whole body just hurts, but you know, it's worth it. Yeah. It's totally worth it. And, and, you know, 
you, but you do question it as a creative. I feel like every creative has this roller coaster that they ride. Yes. And it's hard because you're marketing and you're meeting with clients and you're trying to give them ideas and budgets. And, you know, there's those who come to you for you and they love you and they stay with you and it doesn't matter what the cost is. But in all actuality, when they're looking at these Pinterest pictures, they don't realize that flowers are expensive. It's like a $75,000 budget. They're expensive. And I can't make magic happen. I don't have a wand. I can't just say, guess what? You can have these flowers at $5 because they're going to cost me 50 bucks just to buy those roses that you're looking at. Just one of them. Like, really? Yeah. And then people expect, you know, there's, I mean at the first, when you're first growing and you're the growing pains and you're trying to work your way up that yeah. ladder, people come to you with these tiny little budgets and they're like, you know, well, can you do this for nothing? You know, basically, and you kind of try to break your back and then you quickly learn, mm-hmm. no, I can't. Mm-hmm. And you learn the value mm-hmm. of yourself and how much time it takes totally. to nurse those flowers to the right point, to pick things up and cut them at the right time. And it, these ones need to go in the cooler and these ones need to stay out. And you realize how encompassing it is yeah. and how many really lifelong hours we're never charging enough just letting you know yeah florists out there yeah we are the most workhorse overworked yeah. industry person in the wedding industry M- yeah and <laughs> M- musicians might also have thoughts about that but, right yeah. right maybe maybe also <laughs> right but and underpaid you're just going oh my gosh and your hands are yeah never cute ever they're always cracked and bleeding and thorny and everything else but so you question, is this worth it all the time, yeah. you know, between the hard labor and the business side of things and the heartbreak when things don't go through and you thought you had a good client and then they mm, ghost you and, yeah. you know, all these things. And so you question your time all the time if this is what I should do. But the minute that those usually that, that client walks through the door mm-hmm. and you hand them the bouquet and they're bawling it in your arms, you just go... <laughs> Okay, oh, I totally can still do this. You know, so, and so I think people see that genuinity. I'm going to use that word again. I don't know if it's a word, but in me. Sincerity. Sincerity. Thank you. That's better. Um, <laughs> Genuine is great by itself. By itself, right. Genuineness. I, it feels I don't weird. It I feels don't know. Weird. It's totally weird. It's not We're a right We're probably word. forgetting what the, uh, whatever the, the yeah. rest of the word is, but I don't know. Yeah. So, they see that and then I feel like that part of my personality with the bubbliness of me and just the simpleness of loving you no matter what and giving you all I can, I think that's how my business really grew. Yeah. Because to be honest, I'm not a good marketing person. I'm not Seems a good like website you person. You don't need it. I'm not <laughs> good at any of that business. I do what I can to get yeah. by, but I connect with people. And yeah. I give them my all. And yeah. I feel like word to mouth is the strongest thing that you could ever have in a business. Yeah. And if you have a good reputation and if your client has three other friends that pass your name and, you know, to five other people, it, yeah. you know, that's all you really need. Um, for me, anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm finding out, like I said before, my Instagram has not grown in years, but I still seem to say busy. But... I'm sure other people have to really hustle at that, you know? Well, yeah, I just, I've something I've been thinking about so much lately is this idea that like you have to make the art that only you can make. Like that's kind of all you yeah. can do. And 
I think that's part of it. Like maybe there's someone who doesn't connect as well with people right. and they're just never going to. It's not right. like they're bad. Just not or their strong point. But they're great at marketing. And like it just, you know, we ho- it, it doesn't even out because these things are subjective. But, right. you know, but you have your strengths. You have to you have to go with that. And then, you know, I don't know. I, I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've kind of done it here. Yeah. Um, the podcast is called Artifice um, because, like I said, I think that there are things that are misunderstood about what we do. And you just talked about a huge one, which is that <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. And so I think like that's I think that's the main I, I'm assuming that's the main thing. Is there anything else that you want to say about like maybe maybe more specifically about the flowers that you think is really precious about your profession that like maybe people wouldn't know? Wouldn't know. They all have personalities. What's um, your favorite? My favorite flower that's going to be hard. It depends on the season. It depends yeah. on what's in my hand. What kind? Like, but what kind? Of I love do you like? roughly, roughly things carnations. like peonies. No, oh. I mean carnations are fine too. They have a, they're having a comeback, but peonies and specifically the coral charm peony that has mm. the big pretty coral petals with the yellow stamens in the middle, mm. and then that slowly fades from a deep coral pink to like almost a peachy to a white over the wow. its life. It's beautiful. Yeah. The watch the aging process of that flower. Um, I love Japanese anemones that are just really simple, but the lines that they create within their stems and within their leaves and every part of that plant has creativity kind of drawn into it. Um, Other flowers, ranunculus with all their high petal count that are roughly as well. And they age beautifully as well. They open up all the way and then their petals start to turn over like almost like a full roughly skirt. I mean, I could, you know, talk about all the things that I love. um, What are your thoughts about getting creative with like putting berries and oh yes i i think the texture that's we call that texture in the floral world yeah berries thistles yeah dried goods ferns branches um all of those things always kind of thinking you're always looking out the next level and there's and i feel like that's the whole florist floral industry as a whole because we have so many flowers within this industry and we try to be creative in that we have to you know how many brides come to you and Keep say, I want to blush and burgundy wedding. Yeah. That's been the trend for the last five years. People, I love you. If you, that's what you love, I'll do it for you. Yeah. But if you really want me to knock you out of your park and your socks off, then tell me, I love this color. What else should I combine with it? Yeah. You go and be creative and come up with a color scheme mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. let, let me make it work what for you. What do you love to put with, like what's your, what's like, know. if you, if you could just colors. do whatever you wanted. Oh, that's going to be a hard question too. That's going to be real hard. It depends <laughs> on the day and the, again, today, the season. Today, right now. <sighs> well, cause we're going into summer. Spring is my favorite for flowers. Yeah. I'll just put that out there. Of course. Because you can't beat spring with florals. Um, but summer is going to be all things bright. Right. And so I just did a bouquet this last weekend that I was a little bit like questioning when I was first meeting with this bride. I'm going this is really vibrant. And I don't know about you, but you don't really see a lot of vibrant things in the wedding industry. Things are usually muted and pretty soft and romantic. And this bride was a little more different. She's a little kind of inner hippie a little bit and wanted all things like wildflower look. And so we used a lot of poppies and cosmos and delphinium. And there were things were ranging from light blue to dark blue to orange to yellow to lavender to dark wow, purple and she amazing. had all of this color yeah and it was so inspiring and i had so many people 
comment like I've never seen how like much this. they loved this bouquet because yeah. it was different. Yeah. And yeah. so I feel like anything that's different is always wonderful for a creative mind, right? I mean, we questioned it at first, but once you go with it yeah. and you follow your gut and your creative mind, it turns yeah. out and blows your own mind, right? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's one of my favorite things about being a creative is like having this totally miraculous experience of like starting a thing and then when you finish the thing going like I what is this thing? Like yeah. I yeah. feel I mean, when I sing at weddings, that's not creative. That's no. like bill paying. Yes, that's doing um, the yeah. And I and it's thing. still it's creative in the sense that you still enjoy I get it. to participate yeah. in creating like an energy. Yeah. Um, but when I'm writing, when I'm when I'm writing music, I I love that experience of like right. starting something Fresh. and then just being totally taken aback by how it like it's like it's a how surprise it every time yeah, totally it's so cool and that's what, and people ask me that question a lot how do you know what this is going to look like i don't I ever don't know what know. it's going to look like yeah. i know the ingredients and that's where this design starts with florals is the ingredients and knowing your product whether it's berries or it's leaves or it's you know filler flowers or whatever you've got all your different parts of your mediums knowing them so well and how they're going to perform knowing what to bring together so that they complement each other. Yeah. But the actual bouquet, I can't tell you what it's going to look like until yeah. it's done. Because I listen, it. that's what I was telling you. It. Every flower has a personality. Everyone curves this way or curves that mm, way. And I you see. don't try to take that flower and place it where you think it's going to go. Cause I want this color right. right here. You look at it and go, okay, you're curving in this direction. I'm going to listen to you, put you where mother nature's telling me to put you and you shine to be the best ranunculus you can be or whatever yeah and so you're kind of doing this dance with nature to create whatever you're creating yeah. and listening to what they have to say as well as going okay i know that this color needs to live here but how which stem is going to yeah. work and i'm going to look at each one and i'm going to place it accordingly. to lee it's almost so like a puzzle yeah, of I where things go i love that like you're you're not imposing your will on it no you're yeah. not forced and and that's the hard part i feel like when people are starting out and people are um coming to work with me and wanting to learn yeah is you can't force that to yeah. do what you want it to do you have to just go with what it wants to do yeah and it's use so whatever product that you can to maybe have the idea fulfilled that you want yeah but you've got to choose selectively of what's going to work that's so interesting um Another one of my favorite things about this podcast is like, as I talk to people that have mediums that are so different from mine, yeah. the things that I hear coming out of other people's mouths that I'm like, this is exactly, this is exactly <laughs> how I talk about. So like, as you're saying this, like this, this is genuinely, I just hit myself in the mouth with the microphone. Perfect. Luckily it has foam. So we're That's all good. good. Um, but this is exactly how I talk about lyric writing. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, and, and beginning songwriters, try to force their lyrics too much mm -hmm. to be like exactly this thing. And it's like, it just like language doesn't work like that. And right. the way that, that your lyrics are going to interact with the melody and the chords, you have to kind of respond. And it's not that you just, you know, you have to have a bit of a plan yes, um, and you know what ingredients you want. But like, I'm saying this to people all the time, like you got to just listen Let to it. it. Mm -hmm. You have to just respond to it a little bit. Um, so interesting, like how those mediums are relating. Yes. Right. It's totally. so, well, I had another, like, I'll just tell you cause you're, yeah. you're in, you're in architecture too. Yeah. I had this, <laughs> I had this really interesting, um, 
like moment a couple of weeks ago I was interviewing a tattoo artist and she was talking about how one of the things that's tricky about and I I guess your business is like this too but one of the things that's tricky about it is you never get to quite do what you want because it's going on someone else's body and I was thinking like the only other artist that I had heard talk that way was an architect that Mm -hmm. I interviewed um and just kind of going like you two have this thing in common. Yeah, totally. And it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. I get so like sparked up about it. Well, we, we have that same thing in the floral world is, yeah. okay, well, and like you said, I'm doing this to pay the bills. Yeah. And at first it was taking on all the projects that we could and we're doing exactly what the client wants and yeah. we're paying the bills. But slowly over time, you're building your more, your style your, kind of your brand. and your brand and yeah. then people come to you for you. Right. And so a lot of my clients, which I love... Just, just this an elopement. Yeah. This is the backyard. This is what it looks like. We have this kind of color of ribbon going on right now. Yeah. You you dream up of a colors palette and you know, a, I put it together a design board and a mood board and send it back and they're like, "Yep. Great. Go, go for, for it." it. I love and it's it. my favorite thing to do. Like I wish every client would be that way. Just and a dream let me world be the expert. just to yeah. say, "Here, because then I can grab the very best products that, that they can have and have the very yeah. best thing." Because flowers are different every week. Yeah. It's mother nature, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm trying to force that to be just burgundy and blush. Right. I know. You know. I don't know why that's hard for people. Like, I, I, no one ever told me that. But when I got married, I knew that was true. And I gave my florist, like, some ribbons uh-huh. and just Swatches. said, go for it. Because oh, I, good. I mean, yeah, like, these are some colors. You know right. what flowers are alive. Right. <laughs> this time you of year. You make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. those are my favorite. It seems so intuitive to me that someone else would be right. the expert, you know, but again, it's, mm-hmm. I know that it's like that in my profession. And when people mm-hmm. try to nitpick things too much, it's like, you're going to make it worse. Right. Let me do it. Let me just do my job. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I wanted to, I love the name of your, I love the name of your oh, business, Bushel and a Peck. And I was going to ask, but I don't need to, because I know you love musical theater. Well, actually <laughs> there's a bigger meaning. There's a really big story to this. Please name. tell me. <laughs> and I've kind of, you've gotten some history already. Um, Bushel and a Peck. Yes, it came from musical theater, but um when I had those babies and we were driving in the, around the car and I was talking with my husband and I'm going, Hey, we need a name. If I'm going to do this, I need a name. We we're throwing stuff out there. And for some reason, the song came to my mind and he's like, Hey, and I knew it because of musical theater, but I also knew it because when I was a little girl, that's the song that sister Lisa used to sing to me. Yeah. So cute. And it's such a sweet song. It's a sweet little song. And the, the crazy part is it's, also, the song that my husband's mom sang to him as a little child, as a boy. Oh, wow. So it connected us both. Yeah. And I said, hey, Bushel and a Peck, that's a bouquet and a kiss. That's yeah. a wedding. I could use that. Totally. And I knew I wanted something that reminded me of my deceased sister. Yeah. And so I was like, that'll work. That's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I, and, I, and I know it sounds cheesy. People it's, think you either love it and they're like, other people are like, what on earth is this name? Mm. it's cheesy and I've questioned it multiple times. You should I'm like, never question should, it again. It's should perfect. I, should I change this name? But I can't now. It's, this it's, is how, it, how I I'm known. It's perfect. And it's how it's just got a deeper meaning. And anyone that yeah. knows that deeper meaning, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right? Like, Well, I didn't know it and I still think it's perfect. <laughs> it's so, it's perfect. I love it. Um, yeah, you. I asked, well, because I first found you because I think we did the same wedding once. 
There was a wedding last year that we were both on. Probably. Um, I don't think I met you, but like Cassidy was there. Uh And then, so I was looking at all the pictures and saw your tag. Oh, Um, I have to go back and look and see who it is. I'm sure I can look it up and like figure out, but, um, but I mean, my job starts like right when my job ends. Yeah. Right. Until I go clean up. Yeah. So I never, I, I like, we'll <laughs> see you're the gone florist by that at time the very too. end. Yeah. We're right? packing up. We're, and, yeah. Um, but anyway, I think we did. I think that's how I found your name. And I, the first time I saw it, I was just like, this is the perfect, this is the perfect florist name. Um, I love well, it. Thanks. Okay. So the last question I ask everybody is what's your dream collaboration? And I kind of already had you describe oh. your dream like project, but is there any anybody you'd like to collaborate with or like anybody who you'd like to do flowers for or what's a what's a dream thing? A dream thing? It doesn't have to be a collaboration right. if you're uh take me to the beach and let me do flowers for you at the beach. Flowers at the beach. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's that's another part of my like me. A, a beach a beach I, wedding? Well, just the beach in general and and the ocean is just I was basically a misplaced mermaid I'd call myself. And so I that's, feel like that's the name of your second, whatever else you do, right? Misplaced right? mermaid. That's also like, <laughs> that's very, that's very something. <laughs> so I, I feel like if I can get, I mean, I do have some really good friends that do florals in Hawaii and we've been trying to get me, I've gone and freelanced for one of them in Maui, but, um, I have another friend that's on Oahu that we've been trying to, you know, itch to get together and, we were supposed to do something this spring, but you know, like COVID. a party, like what, what? No, just another wedding, just, oh, a wedding. just weddings okay. together. Okay, and it's cool. so, it's so fun and liberating. Actually, we are in a weird little niche of floral community. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, you, a lot of people ask, do you, do you compete with your friends? Do you try to, you know, is there yeah. any kind of hard feelings? If so-and-so gets the wedding and you don't, we don't care. Yeah. We are, your clients are your clients because they're supposed to be yours. And my clients are my clients because they're supposed to be mine. And I feel like more in the floral industry than anyone else in the wedding industry, we have this close, tight-knit community. And so to flower with my friends there sounds amazing. Yeah. To flower with any, on any of these big designers like Sinclair and Moore or, um, Tulipina or I know Katie from Ponderosa and Time these are all big high-end florists that I love and I love them as people yeah. that I would love to go and, and do things with just That's great not, not to necessarily learn not just to necessarily to be a part of the just process just to be a with part them. of the process with yeah. them and to get to know people because they seem amazing yeah right I, and to I see mean, what, I their, get that. what their That's, take is yeah. on how they go about their yeah. you know because everybody every florist does it a little bit well, different. well yeah there's something really um precious about like bearing witness to someone else's creative experience yeah. it's yeah. it's really it's it's really cool and being able to create t- together yeah. is really another really good fulfilling thing so i was going to tell you that within our community when someone has a big wedding, you better believe that we all drop whatever we need to go do and go and help them. Cool. Yeah. We have no qualms about just yeah. getting in there and getting dirty and helping that person. I love it. Fix that problem. That's awesome. Whatever. It's really great. Well, we love it. This is kind of it. So the final thing is tell everybody where to find you. Oh, where uh, to find your work. My work is on Instagram, bushel and a peck floral. Are there any dots in there? No, bushel, no and a peck. bushel and a peck okay. floral. Uh, my remember. website is bushelandapeckfloral.com. 
Um, you can email me or you can, or I, I think I have a Facebook too. I mean, I don't do a whole lot on it, but <laughs> it's it's, okay. I'm sure it's still Butch on a Pet Floral. Instagram is going to be the place. It's, that's where you know, we see pictures of That's most people find flowers. me, but you know, if people want to look at my work, that's where you can go to see the latest things. Um, my website, I update every once in a while, but it's that's not great. the latest and greatest. <laughs> um, and if you need to get a hold of me, email is always best. Okay. DMs great. are fine, but I always ask for your email Email's because better. I don't want to get lost. Well, Marianne, thank you so oh, much for coming you, to talk with me. I loved it so me much. Me too. It was <laughs> lovely. It was a little Tuesday night joy. It was a Tuesday night joy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.